CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Bosch Software Innovations. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sun Joke All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sun Joke All. Hello and uh, welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. As always, we invite to join the discussion on Twitter, hashtag CTR Live, and look for this show as hashtag CIO and hashtag integration. Today's topic is uh, Chief Integration Officer, the new CIO, and our guests for today's show are Hugh Miller, who's the CIO with City of San Antonio, Texas. How are you, Hugh? How are you? I'm doing fine. Great, great. And we also have Jay Farrow, who's the CIO with the American Cancer Society. How are you doing, Jay? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Great. So, uh, listeners, this is what we are trying to do here. So while we understand that IT should support and be next to where a business user is and should be there to support and uh, help that business user as they're touching a customer and creating value, can we realistically accomplish it without decoupling IT and embedding them in a business unit? If we do it, is that going to cause a problem? And is it going to be even possible if you wanted to do it if CIO was just remaining the traditional CIO or we'll have to change the role and corresponding organization as chief integration officer? And if we do this, what are the flaws in this approach? Is there a problem with the hypothesis itself? And if we do agree that we should change the CIO's role from chief information officer to chief integration officer, what are the challenges in that whole journey? That said, I'll start with you, Jay. Could you define an integrated business that the business says we want in today's context while you're wearing your CIO hat? Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I, you know, the, 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 the short answer to your question is I think CIOs have to be, uh, you know, the chief integration officer. I, I think the forces that, uh, that we're dealing with today as organizations, whether it's, you know, cloud, mobile, BYOD, uh, all of these other things, Necessitate that uh, that we are chief integration officers. I think the days of a, of a CIO, um, you know, throwing up walls around a disconnected IT organization are are long gone, uh, except in the most extreme circumstances. And uh, I, I I think organizations, whether it's cloud technology, whether it's dispersed workforce, whether it's you know multiple business units, uh, this move away from centralization. And uh, a more integrated, interconnected organization is absolutely mandatory for success. And CIOs who embrace that, I think, have a much greater chance of being successful. So, Hugh, when you look at your organization, I'm sure uh, government works in a certain fashion and they expect some rules, some governance models which are coming from the top. Do you think you can fundamentally uh, decouple IT from being one organization where every IT-related stuff comes from to put them and embed them in those different departments or agencies which are going out and serving the citizens. Yeah, I mean, it, we, we have to be able to do that. And, and, you know, if you look at the role of the CIO as we progress and as the role matures into modern business, our role is to build that partnership with the business units throughout the organization and, 
basically understand their their model of business as well as we can to then be able to take our technology experience and leadership and integrate that in to give them the ability to deliver their services as effective as possible. So we we have an oversight that we need to have because we've spent you know, our careers understanding and learning and, and dealing with technology, but then we've got we have to then spend that volume of time understanding the business areas to be able to deliver that service to them and it has to be integrated. So both of you, and I'll come back to you, Jay. So both of you agree that this should happen. Now, to the outside world, it still looks like the same old, same old. What is changing behind the scenes, which is allowing you to show that you are decoupling, if you know, in a way, and and creating value where the where it it needs to be, but then you've not fundamentally disrupted your core working of how IT departments used to work even a decade ago. Well, you know, I, I, I think, yeah, you know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting point. And I think the onus is on the CIO to change the way that IT organizations work and are organized. I mean, no group and no person, no group, no organization is standalone anymore. Um, and I think when you look at things through an IT lens, that's where you get in trouble. I mean, I, CIOs or anybody really has to look at things through an organizational or enterprise or business lens and when you do that, you begin to look at things different. It, it, it begins to impact or influence the partnerships that you create in the organization. You know, and you've heard me say this before, I mean, CIOs have the best seat in the house. I, I think CIOs who understand that and understand that they have the best view of how a business runs from, you know, uh, customer attraction to, you know, product creation to, su you know, support after the fact, uh, we have the best seat in the house, and so I think we're well-positioned to, to be the chief integration officer. So, Hugh, imagine uh, you're one of the agencies which is trying to say Waterworks, right? And, and they are trying to do something as a business to make sure that uh, that particular agency does the best job it can. And it needs some support from IT, whether it's applications or infrastructure or some sort of service desk related issue. They want a person next to them versus having to call a number and which will put you in the queue. So the time to value should be reduced for that business user who is trying to serve the citizen. But if we have that centralized help desk and a centralized development team and a centralized infrastructure team, then it goes back again to that centralized model. So what is the realism in this whole approach that I'm, I'm uh, promoting here, which is to literally decouple your IT department, put them in like, you know, bits and pieces in different agencies, and you manage as a triage and, or a program manager? Yeah, and, and essentially that's how we're, we're built. And, you know, at the, you know, as you look at these complex, solutions that most organizations are trying to deploy, ideally you want the partnership at the level to where they're engaging, you know, your expertise early on. So IT for us is engaged early on in any type of, of major system um, deployment or change. And we take a leadership role along with the, the, the business unit to help build whatever it is that they're trying to solve. And we're there with them kind of in a partnership and so every project that we have has a very strong business approach to what we're what we're building or or what we're deploying and a, and a technology approach and as we go through that we define how we support that 
at the end of the effort. And so if there are components of it that require just a baseline technical support, there is a, a specific um, technical line that they call. But if it's a business system issue, we typically have people assigned to the departments that are there with them all the time. So, so I think as this, as this begins to grow and build, you end up having, like, like I have people that are assigned to departments scattered throughout all of the organizations, and the oversight that we give them is ensuring that they stay abreast to modern technology and, and the various different things from that oversight. And then the business takes an oversight role on how they deliver technology solutions to their areas of the business. So it's, it's a, for us, it's a very hybrid built role that, that blends the two together. Jay, if you were to ask the business and they say this is what I want to achieve and, and to what degree have they expressed this desire to have an IT person next to them and, and the person and or a team is there to support instantly versus having to reach out to someone? Yeah, you know, we went through that exact same culture shift. You know, when I joined ACS three years ago, we had 13 different IT departments and many divisions uh, all across the country, hundreds of locations. And I think people were very used to reaching over to, quote, the IT guy next to them to get some things done. And having those conversations was actually very difficult at the beginning. But when we explained it through the lens of the, you know, the greater good of the organization that having... Uh, a more unified and integrated support structure was better for the American Cancer Society, both from a cost effectiveness, but ultimately for uh, an efficiency perspective. Um, you know, and, and part of this was a sell job on my part, just asking them to trust me and that, you know, look, let's try this. If it doesn't work, we'll, we'll tweak it. And then if, you know, we'll go back to square one if it becomes an untenable search, you know, circumstance. And while there are still pockets of people who would love to have, quote, an IT guy next to them at all times, I think people inherently understand, even across the country, that that's just not the way that we can operate. It's not a great use of our donor dollars, so having a centralized support and strategy function. And when I say centralized, I, assured, I surely do not mean just geographic. I mean unified and integrated. Uh, is a, is a, better use of our, of a, a better use of our resources. We get more efficiencies. You know, we, we don't repeat the same problems over and over. Uh, people are talking to one another. We actually, our support and our customer service metrics have gone up since then. Our customer, you know, our customer satisfaction, both from just a kind of a help desk or service desk perspective, but even from a partnership perspective, has gone up from the upper 70s, low 80s to the high 90s consistently over the last couple of years. So it does work. It takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of trust, but it does work. So based on how you explained, and I'm sitting here thinking, if you moved the person away from where the business user needed them, and you moved them into, and you use the word centralized, but perhaps not in the same manner as somebody would think, bring all of them at one place, you saved uh, dollars, I'm sure, and it was efficient. What happened to uh, the way a person was creating value? So did you move into a true, uh, all people sitting in one room, and that person has to reach out and call a number versus reaching out to an individual or the person was there, you just made the, the experience more unified? We did both. We did both. It depends on the size of the location. It's a great question. 
some of our larger divisional offices still have some local IT presence just based on the sheer number of people that they have there, and it makes sense to, to have that. Um, but for application support for higher level functions other than, you know, your typical PC level or, or Mac level support, uh, it is centralized. And again, in, in, in quotes, um, we've implemented, you know, more of a, of a chat function with our unified service desk. We've, you know, implemented more self-service. So it wasn't just taking something away and saying, hey, this is the new way we're doing it, just deal with it. It was, this is why this is better, and these are why these tools that we're now giving you are better for the organization. So I think it's important for CIOs not just to change it as if it were on a whim or, hey, I read it in some book or heard that this was better or I heard some guy talk about it, but rather describe it in terms of value for the organization. And, you know, overall it's worked. We've had missteps, but uh, overall it's worked. So in some or in some divisional locations, we still have some kind of on-prem support, but our smaller locations, we just couldn't justify having a, an on-site IT person. So that forced us to reconfigure and re-engineer the ways that we were providing PC support, uh, the software that we use to deploy across the nation, the way that we secure our PCs uh, or our assets all, all across, uh, the way that we loop people in uh, when it comes to more sophisticated projects. It's not, obviously, it's w way more than just uh, support. But, uh, you know, rolling out better collaboration tools, um, SharePoint 2013 and many other, you know, collaboration tools have allowed us to, to work more in a more integrated fashion. Now, let's take a quick break. Listeners will be right back. And uh, this is a question going to be for you, Hugh. Uh, when we look at integration opportunities, how do you even identify those? Because, of course, the obvious ones are uh, you're going to go and, and make the IT person embedded in the business, and then you have to integrate. Where else do you think integration opportunities exist, which is still work in progress in an organization such as yours? And in case... You're, try, you're supposed to be building a business case. What are the type of redundancies or conflicts or compromises that are currently happening because of lack of such an integration? Let's explore that, listeners. We'll be right back. Please stay tuned. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to HP.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud.
You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So here you must be doing already some sort of an integration, or you, you've actually already shared that with us. Um, what is remaining? What are not so obvious areas which should still be taken in that uh, spirit, and we should be still doing more integration? And since you are not ready yet with those types of integration, what kind of redundancies, comp- uh, conflicts, or compromises, or, or lost revenue, or leakage uh, may be causing because of that? Well, um, for the most part, we are integrated, and, and one of the one of the areas that we're focusing on is is looking for areas that are are needing like systems. So, for example, we have a, a several departments that have been looking for a permitting system, and they started looking individually out um, for solutions on their own. And the benefit of of working throughout all the organizations is now that. Now we blend all those together and, and, and come up with concepts that we say, well, if we have one system, can it support all of these needs? And, and we've, we've been very successful at this um, from case management to our permitting to various other things. And we have a, a large ERP system of which um, the bulk of the things that we deploy the systems that we deploy integrate into our, our ERP system from several different avenues, whether it's our vendor master or customer master, um, our personnel master, and all of those things integrate together through through the systems that we deploy. So um, it's been very successful. We're a very similar model to what Jay described earlier, and, and as that matures, we're seeing more and more um, savings that come out of it. And when we first deployed it, we had almost a million dollars a year of savings in personnel. So in an ideal case, Jay, don't you think CIO should be a king without a kingdom, truly, where the the, the rest of the people are distributed and, and doing things what they're supposed to do and you are essentially managing? That was the premise of this whole conversation. Do you think that's the, that's the direction, that's the holy grail, or would you say that's something which is frowned upon within the IT department and also business doesn't really see a value in it? Well, for us, I mean, it, it wouldn't necessarily be sort of a king concept, but more of a, a large level of a servant. I mean, we, we basically have to serve the needs of all of the different departments and coming up with a solution on how that works. And as like Jay mentioned earlier, there's a large level of trust of which you have to sell because for this to work at all, it has to be on both sides of the leadership of the organization, not only IT, but the leaders, <clears throat> excuse me, that are in the other departments. And, and their collaboration with us is, is, has to be there for this to work effectively. Jay, what is your vision and or benchmark that you've set for yourself for, say, American Cancer Society as uh, the business which you would like to see integrated where all the different business functions are integrated and your technology department is becoming the conduit, the framework, the fabric? That's a terrific question. And, you know, what I'm seeing 
well, there are many benchmarks. Some of them are technical, um, you know, but at a, but at a higher, more strategic level, uh, level rather, you know, we're, we're seeing IT included, and I don't want to use the, you know, we, we hear this term seat at the table, and, and CIOs clamor for it for years and years and years, and we can have a whole nother, <laughs> a whole nother radio show just about that. But, uh, you know, IT is now being included and in many cases is leading transformational initiatives for the American Cancer Society. And I certainly just don't mean the plumbing of IT. I, I mean with things that are, uh, whether it's, you know, fundraising systems, process improvements, you know, systems that impact our, our research. But beyond just the technology, I, I think we've earned some respect on the fact that we understand what we are doing as an organization, how our business operates, which is very much like a for-profit in the sense that we have inputs and outputs and everything. Obviously, our mission is very, very different. But to me, that's a terrific benchmark. When we are sought after as an organization, as subject matter experts, and more importantly, as leaders who understand uh, the mission of the American Cancer Society as well or better than many other leaders in the organization, that to me is a vote of confidence and something we take seriously. So that's my most important benchmark. When they stop talking to us and they stop reaching out to us, I know we've done something wrong. Um, that's not to imply that we're not very proactive. We are extremely proactive, but uh, it, it's been, uh, it's been very, uh, a very good transition. So the measure, you used like the vote of confidence as a measure. It's still a subjective measure. When you talk about integration in a in technology project or integration of a business, should we be looking at subjective measures for us to pursue or they should be more more quantifiable? Well, I think it's both. You know, I, I think it's both. I, I think you can't have one without the other. I mean, if I were just doing it as a, hey, you know, there's confidence in Jay Farrow, well, that confidence is based on the fact that we've simplified and integrated a lot of the pain points that we had when we were 13 disparate organizations. And, you know, this, we, we could look at it from a, a number of systems perspective, a number of touch points, a uh, number of data silos, uh, the way that, you know, there are tons of different metrics, but it's our successful execution, communication, partnership, et cetera, that, that fueled the confidence that they have. Had we left everything on its own island, in its own silo, um, in its own kind of broken legacy state, they would not have had the vote of confidence. I mean, so I think they go hand in hand. So, Hugh, when you look at all the different organizations, I'm sure you know you are far farther ahead in this whole journey. Many organizations, they say, we have this cloud and we've got... Uh, BYOD and other type of things that are getting introduced, but they still want business to always come back and tell IT that okay, you are not. I'm not going to use cloud without your permission and or without consulting you in terms of what that will bring. Because we call it rogue IT, which is a derogatory term of business trying to get some value where it can get. So if if you are decoupled and integrated, then they should never have that problem, or we should never frown on it. Yeah, I mean, that, that's true because, you know, a lot of what happens in our organization is they, they reach out and there are definitely offerings coming left and right to them um, to ultimately, you know, some of them are even to circumvent IT because they feel like they can make money if they go directly to the departments. But the departments have, 
they have a desire to make sure that IT can support what it is that they are deploying. And so we, we typically approach these things as a collaborative effort. And, and ultimately, they know that um, the support's going to have to come. And as, as, as companies mature, these things are actually beneficial as you, as you develop these relationships. And, you know, it's, it's very similar to what, what Jay is talking about, where we, we work together with them. We ultimately come up with a support solution for it. And, you know, when, when, when I approached the departments with this concept, you know, a few years ago, one of the things that was able to be um, pulled out was that the departments, let's, let's say I'm talking to solid waste or I'm talking to um, the library, the, the volume of time they spent in their career was not focused on how to manage enterprise technology and, and IT problems. And so they want to hand that off to us, but in a way to where we, we act as a partner to them, that we're there to help them not to get in the way or tell them no. And so that partnership has to grow as you progress through these and, and that trust where the, the departments basically understand that they don't understand the levels of things that we do in a technology arena. And, and that trust is what's built by our knowledge and understanding of these, of these different things. And we're sitting in the perfect position to touch all departments, help throughout the whole organization to help it grow and become better. And ultimately, we're able to gauge these things by the level of service that the departments are able to give to the citizens and how we hear back from them on how well those services are being delivered. Jay, when we look at IT people, uh, the labeling is no people versus yes people. And that is pervasive, exceptions like yourself and, and Hughes' organization, I'm sure. That where is the problem? Where did they not integrate properly? Because if somebody wanted to use a cloud-based service, and the fact that they did not come and consult you, that means you came across as no people. I totally agree. I, I think you're, you're always going to get someone who who is maybe new to the organization, doesn't understand. Perhaps they had an individual bad experience with the organization. Maybe they just underestimate the complexity, which I think more often than not is what happens because on an island it may seem simple, but then when they want to uh, obviously integrate uh, with, with uh, other systems, then, then it gets uh, you know, much more complex. We, uh, and it goes back to something Hugh said you know, in, in the trust that we've created where you know the the walls between the walls around IT, the communication vehicles that you've put in place, the open dialogue, the fact that IT people and at least in my organization are extremely visible, that we're very transparent with what's what's going on in our projects, so what's working, more importantly, what's not working, and how we're going to fix it. All of these things breed trust, and I think people feel more comfortable saying, "Hey, look, this is the business problem we're trying to solve." And it's taken time. I mean, educating an organization to focus on what they're trying to do versus how they're trying to do it um, has been a, you know, a very important step for us. And so we don't really necessarily come off as no. We may end up saying no, but I hear you're trying to accomplish this, and we actually have something that might solve the need. Can we unpack those business requirements a little bit and talk through what we have. And truly, if there is a net new business need, then we're all ears and we want to sit down and talk about how we get that accomplished. 
but it's never really no. It's, it's, it should be, I think, for most good CIOs, and I'm sure Hugh would agree, it's no, but, or yes, and, or sure, yeah, we absolutely can do that. Let's sit down and talk about it. It's, it, it should never be no, period, end of story. Hugh, is that too much to ask if, if a business says, I want self-service computing, I want autonomous computing, where I would go pick up the vendor, and somewhere a process is created where IT gets involved, but it doesn't have to kind of reach out to say, what the heck are you doing, Mr. Business? This is not the way you're supposed to do it. Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, um, you know, we, we have we have some components like that to where, and, but again, it's typically done in, in collaboration to where depending on the type of need and the type of solution that they're wanting to deploy, you know, we can deploy uh, those type of, of solutions that are out there, whether it's a, you know, a software as a service or a cloud service or, or whatever, but it's typically, I mean, obviously you are going to have areas that, um, that, that they want something, someone's coming in new and they say, oh, well, I just want this, I'm going to go out and buy it. Um, but there are ramifications to plugging in the wrong type of technology into a large enterprise organization. And I think that discussion is, is something that we're, we're always open to, to have with the leadership. And so um, it's, it's, it's obviously, I mean, as I, you know, one reality here is IT as a, as a department, as a, component of business is in a lot of ways very infantile, right? It's only been around in mainstream since the 90s. And so um, there's a lot of, of understanding and growing of what IT is becoming to the business. And as we as we mature into that, there are a lot of changes that, that we've been making and that we will make. And as you look forward, the core piece that we're going to, the role that we're going to play is, is that, you know, leader and integrator and uh, innovator throughout the organization, like Jay mentioned earlier, we 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 touch all areas of the organization, and for it to grow, there's going to be some level of technology that's infused into that. It gives us a great opportunity to be that um, change leader for the organization, and ultimately, we will play a role more deeply in the business than we ever have before. And most of the people I'm hiring now are more business-minded technologists than just straight up, you know, core technology driven people. And I think that's going to be more and more of what we see as we look in the future. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And Jay, would love to explore whether this whole integration thing that we're talking about, is that an art form or a science? If it is a science, it has to have a method to the madness. And most engineers do not claim to be artists. So if at all it's an art form, then God bless us all. Where is this going to go if we have so many organizations who do not have artists like JNU to be able to take it to a point where the business has confidence in them and they are able to put people and resources right where, where the value is getting created and you will become the chief integration officer? How do you go about this journey if you're starting out? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com 
forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to HP.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sun Jog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Jog All. Welcome back. Uh, so, Jay, all the responses and the questions we asked, the responses were more where it looked like an art form where you are able to build great relationships and, and you're able to set and manage expectations, et cetera, more like, more, more like an artist. But then most engineers and many times uh, the technology leaders or even CIOs have an engineering DNA, if you will, or a science, scientist DNA. So if, is this whole integration decoupling and making this from a centralized to an integrated organization where IT is embedded into business. If it is a science, what's the playbook looking like? No, it's a terrific point. Um, I, that, and I think you're, 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 you're spot on, but I think that's why you're seeing more and more CIOs coming out of the business ranks. And, and I know Hugh would agree that we're, the nature of the IT resources that we're hiring today now, there are exceptions. There are pure play coders or, or super technical folks that you absolutely need to, to be heads down and, and, uh, and get some of the very sophisticated work done. But the, the nature of the IT resource I hire today versus what I would have hired 10, 15 years ago is, is quite different. So when, you, when it comes to you know, integration at any level of a large organization like Hughes or mine or, or any other one, the, the main issue is not technology. I mean, there are huge technology components to it. Obviously, it's very complicated. Uh, it's not, I mean, it's very hard. It's, it's, we tend to make it more complicated because the main issue is people. You're trying to get personalities along the same path. You're trying to build confidence. You're trying to build trust. You're trying to demystify IT in a way. And, uh, you know, Hugh touched on it earlier, but it is not on them to understand us. It is on us as, as leaders to understand them. And you're right, Sandro. It, it ends up being a little bit of an art form. But what you end up looking for, for as a, out of a CIO or any IT leader are, are more enhanced people skills. You're bringing people in who are more adaptable, who can have those conversations, who can walk in both worlds, who understand business process. I tell my folks all the time, I would much rather have an 80% technical person with 100% people skills versus the opposite, where, you know, I have hardcore technical skills, but they absolutely cannot deal with people or communicate their thoughts uh, in, a, in a coherent and collaborative way. 
so I, I think the nature of the, the, the professional is changing. And because of that, that means you focus more on leadership skills. And there are obviously programs for that. There are programs around communication. Uh, I think colleges now, universities are focusing much more on, you know, the, the leadership aspect uh, of executives, whether they're MIS programs or whatever. And, and, I, and I think that's very, very important. So, Hugh, if uh, a CIO who may be listening to this or maybe having similar thoughts is not equipped, doesn't simply have the DNA of being an artist, where is the help available? Should they hire someone as a chief integration officer who should report to this individual so that they can continue managing information while getting integration become a reality in the organization? Yeah, I mean, I, I think how they assess that, you know, because every organization is going to have its own DNA. And how you navigate through that is, is going to be different. And the person who is hired to actually lead all that um, you know, hopefully the leadership of the organization understands that. And when they hire somebody, they, they have the picture of how they want it to be that they can help that person become. And if, and if there are deficiencies, then yes, you need to, you need to realize that and, and figure out how do you infuse that into your organization with some type of hire, or if it's a consultancy, because it's not a, it's not a long-term hole that you have, um, but it's, it's dissecting that. I mean, because as, as you look at large organizations, these roles are impossible for someone to fill the, the core of the role day to day. I mean, there's too many of them. And so you have to have that sort of leadership oversight. And, you know, it, and it's really kind of a hybrid. I mean, you, you have sort of, like you elegantly said, this artistic skill, and you have sort of this scientific skill because – you know, what we are doing does have a lot of complexity from how we how it how it goes together and, and functions at the level that it needs to with a level of, of dynamic changeability because technology you know is changing at a rapid pace and you have to figure out how do you adjust to that in your organization. So um, yeah, I mean it's 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 a it's a complex realm of how you do it, but yet if you dig in and understand all the different pieces of your organization you can see where you need to, to hire or fill in gaps that you may not currently have. You know, I agree with you. You know, I, I think the expectation of the role of the CIO, I mean, we expect our CMOs, our CFOs, our COOs, and our CEOs to be good, good leaders. I don't think it's any different for the CIO. I mean, I, I know in the past it was very different because we were on an island and we spoke a language that nobody else understood. That has changed today. And, uh, I think that the same burden of leadership or the same challenge, not really burden, but the same challenge is is on our shoulders and we have to embrace it. So um, if you had to create a boot camp, Jay, on converting the regular traditional CIO into a chief integration officer, what would your course curriculum look like? Oh, man, you don't want me in charge of a boot camp, Sanjog. No, <laughs> I mean, 24-7, baby, we'd be running something pretty tough. Uh, no, I mean, certainly if it was focusing on the role as a chief integration officer and as a leader, we'd focus far more on on communication skills, on collaboration, on the role of a leader, on the notion of servant leadership and why we exist, uh, getting CIOs comfortable with the softer side of the role. Uh, I, I think most CIOs come to the table with a fair amount of technical knowledge. I think today's CIO 
you know, where, where we are shortchanged or, or where our shortcoming is, is that coming up through the ranks, we were never, in, in days past, we were not asked to be this, you know, this leader uh, of an integrated organization. So I would focus a lot on, on leadership, collaboration, process management, operations management. Uh, it, it would look very much like a, an MBA with a heavy, heavy leadership uh, component to it. You, what would you change for an organization which wants to move from a centralized to an integrated uh, organization in terms of the organizational design, the processes, the culture, and the people? <laughs> That's a lot. Uh, you know, so first of all, you're going to have to uh, begin to express the desired change to the other leaders throughout the organization. They have to ultimately believe in it to make it work because if it's because if it's something that that they don't see the value in, and you're not able to express and 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 get them to believe in the value in it, you, you will never be able to succeed. And so, um, ideally, you know, it, it's very similar to what Jay just mentioned as his boot camp tactics. You need to actually begin to focus on those different areas now as you're looking throughout the organization and. And as you look through it, I mean, there's obviously ways to save money. And so every organization is looking for ways to make themselves, you know, more cost effective and nimble. Um, but to do that is very complex. I mean, you, you have to get to the point to where your IT leadership understands the, the various areas of business that are going on. Like in the city, we have 34 disparate departments. And most of those departments are running disparate businesses that don't rely on each other. And that complexity is hard for some people to understand. And so you have to get in there and be with the different departments at a, at a fairly intimate level of their understanding their business. And if you're able to do that, ultimately those leaders are going to ask you in the same way that you're asking them to transition into more of a, an integrated support ser you know, service. And so, um, it's a progressive thing that ultimately has to have buy-in. If you don't, it will be very, very difficult to succeed. What changes would you expect from the rest of the business environment, Jay, in order for you to be successful as a chief integration officer? Well, I mean, I, I think the view of the CIO has to change, and I think we earn that. You know, I, I think, you know, having – speaking the right language and, and making sure that folks see us uh, a whole lot more than maybe they've, they've seen us in the past, we earn it. Um, and it forces us to get out of our seats. It forces us to have those conversations. And I think it becomes, it, it, it comes naturally uh, when you've earned that confidence. Now, the one thing I'll add to this is I've seen people make the mistake of, of just wanting to become world-class leaders and, and, and do all these other external things, but they, uh, they take their eye off the, the wheel and, and let uh, the day-to-day -day operation, you know, come to a grinding halt, and, and we can't do that either. We have the, the quote-unquote luxury of, of, of getting to do both. We have to keep the, you know, the email running and everything else and all the lights on, but at the same time, uh, the burden is on us. So what I would want to see out of my, you know, what I saw out of my colleagues, and I'll give you a real-life example here at ACS, is, you know, they didn't trust IT when I came. And it wasn't, you know, I, I don't want to paint a picture where, you know, my predecessor or anything was doing wrong things. We were not, as an organization, set up to be a more integrated uh, uh, enterprise. And so I came in, 
And there was a lot of outreach, a lot of very frank discussions. I had to take a lot of bullets and, and arrows about what was working in IT, what wasn't. And I think when you, when you go with your arms open in a very transparent stance and you're willing to say, you know what, yeah, things aren't working the way I, I, I want them to, but I'm seeking to understand what you're trying to accomplish. You're asking the right questions. You build that trust and confidence and they begin to respect you more as a business leader, not the IT guy. And so it takes time. It's, it's, it's certainly not something you get day one. Um, let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And uh, Hugh, I'll come to you. So we do want to make a difference as a leader. So that's why we say we'll transform uh, IT from a centralized to an integrated, off, uh, you know, integrated department, if you will, where it's integrated with the business. What's in it for the IT people? They really personally do not like to sit next to a business user who cannot understand their lingo. Yes, they have to serve them. So what is it that you do as a Pied Piper to lead those people so that they, they follow you eventually for a business uh, end goal or, or business benefit, but that is truly going against their core DNA? Please stay tuned, listeners. Right back. We'll be right back and explore. Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to hp.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So as an IT crew who otherwise feel comfortable among their fellow uh, technology leaders and, and uh, programmers and other type of technology people, you're trying to put them next to a business user who may not have very much in common. And as people, they want to hang out at a place where they're comfortable. You're getting them to go against your DNA, their DNA. How do you make that happen, Hugh? Well, uh, you know, it, it, it's multifaceted. One of the things um, that we've been working on is 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 actually – having them go through some level of training of understanding um, how to blend those relationships. You know, to your point, a lot of people growing up in IT 
are just sheer technologists and and historically they did not have the ability to communicate with with others who were not technologists and they speak in a language that's that's uh convoluted and and yet we've got to break that i remember in in school and um in college it was one of the things in my engineering school that they forced us is that we had to do projects and display our projects in a way that someone who did not understand what we were doing had some level of understanding of what we were trying to uh to show and so um there's a there's a portion of it that's that's education and training there's also a portion of it for us that's in the, a change on how we hire people and so um mm. Again, to me, I think that the technologists that we're looking at for the future have a hybrid version of that. They understand technology, but they also understand how to talk to people without trying to belittle them or, or go over their head. Because typically, when someone raises their hand for support because of a technology issue, they've come to a point that's challenging to them because they've got to the point to where their intellect or knowledge of technology has, has come to a wall. And that's a very vulnerable state that, that we feel, right? And, and, and when we reach out for someone to help us, how we respond to that is very important. Whether someone's angry that they've reached that wall or whether they're very timid, we've got to deal with them in a way that where it's not their fault and we help them solve that problem. And training people to do that is, is very difficult. Hiring them is becoming, you know, more of the standard. And at some point, you know, there are changes that you have to make in, in your staff. What, you know, there are some people like Jay mentioned earlier that are deep technologists doing very incredible things that you just don't have around people. Um, there's someone who works as a liaison between them and the business. But the people who are required to face the customers and face the other employees, they end up having to have this skill set that is now maturing in technologists, and that's ultimately what we're going to have to get to. And if it ultimately requires us to make a change in the employee that we have, that they just don't fit, or we um, you know, work with them to change their own abilities, and I think that's ultimately where we're headed. So, Jay, don't you think this then becomes a 2030 project where all the current people who we cannot change as a DNA retire and then you hire people? Or is there some other hope? Well, you know, I, I agree 100% with Hugh that, I mean, for those certain types of roles, I mean, it requires a skill set that you didn't need 20 years ago. Uh, but that's no, that's, that, that's no different than any other industry. You know, roles evolve, organizations evolve. Uh, there are still roles within IT that, you know, certainly you can be more of a heads-down, introverted type person uh, and not have to deal with that. Um, but that is changing. I mean, there are fewer and fewer of them. And I, I think what you're seeing is you're seeing certain IT leaders that, that simply cannot make the change, retire, or find different roles within the organization. Um, I tend to be optimistic and think that we can get most folks to to the point where they – uh, they maybe they don't enjoy it, but they're 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 good enough at it to be effective. And I think when you sit down and have a conversation with folks about why they need to do it and why it's important and where IT as an industry is going and where the CIO is going, where the organization needs them, most come along. But there are some, and, and you make a terrific point. It's just not in their DNA. Uh, and if you don't have a spot for them in the organization, it's never easy. In fact, it's probably the hardest part of our, our jobs as leaders. But, you, you know, for the betterment of the organization, you, you have to move them out and move somebody in that is willing to, to do what you need. 
Um, so one is the skill you mentioned, Jay. Another is the intent. So a person may have those skills, but the person simply doesn't feel that they should be uprooting themselves from where they were comfortable and go sit next to a business yeah. uh, counterpart. So in yeah. that case, it is uh, the, the duty of a leader or, or that's where the leadership would come in, perhaps. So what's the magic you're going to pull to have the change of heart? Well, I mean, you, you certainly try your best to explain it. You try to lead by example. I think all leaders have to lead by example. Uh, you, you certainly wired into performance appraisals and all of those other formal mechanisms that we have. But eventually, and we talked about it a little offline, is you have to, if you can't change people, you have to change people. Business doesn't stop. Organizations don't stop. And the bus tends to leave the station one time. And, you know, you, you, you want to give them the tools to do it. You want to properly motivate them. You want to show them that it's imperative that if they want to be successful as an individual and that if we want to be successful as an organization, that they, they need to do this. And if they don't come along, then you will find somebody who can. So one final uh, message for, from both of you. If you were to give three words, top things that come to your mind, which you would like to share with the listeners as things which leadership should keep in mind so that they can transform themselves into chief integration officer and also have their team follow you. Hugh, starting with you. Leadership, um, trust, and uh change management okay jay uh those are all very good ones he took all my answers no i'm kidding <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh thanks for letting me go first yeah thanks a lot hugh i appreciate that now i gotta go to i gotta dig deep uh no uh trust uh absolutely but transparency service and listening Thank you so much, both of you, uh, Jay and Hugh, for sharing your thoughts on how organizations and their leaders could transform from uh, a centralized technology organization to an integrated one and how a CIO, which is traditionally a chief information officer, could morph into becoming a chief integration officer. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. And listeners, I uh, hope you got some value out of this conversation. Please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Radio, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. And please do not forget to sign up for our monthly newsletter. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Please join Sun Joke All next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time for another hour of CIO Talk Radio on the Voice America Business Channel. CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Bosch Software Innovations. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio 